0: All right, welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to talk about Valentine's Day, but we're not going to talk about like giving little hearty gifts and candy. We're going to talk about how to make Valentine's Day something like a springboard for 2022. And why would we need to do that? How many of us are treading water in our relationships right now? Just kind of stuck at home, not really sure what to do, need to bring new verve into our lives, new joie de vivre, new joy into our lives. So let's take Valentine's Day and use that as a way to springboard our relationships and our freaking lives, right? Let's stick it to the pandemic. It's time, it is time, it is time. We are in year three. It's time to be the change you wanna see. So I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about the history of Valentine's Day because I think it's juicy. And I think that the opportunity for all of us actually is in the history of Valentine's Day. And I've got some notes over here. So if I look to the side, don't be freaked out. Valentine's Day, it turns out is thousands of years old. I used to think it was like um, something that the Hallmark company made to sell cards. Or maybe those chocolate companies made it to sell chocolate. But it turns out it is it is pre-Christianity, in fact. It's an ancient Roman celebration. But it it has its name in St. Valentine. Well, guess what? It turns out there are actually three saints that the Catholic Church, church recognizes with the name Valentine. So the first was uh, he came out around... Claudius II uh, had a had decided that he was a former Roman Roman Empire. Claudius II, Roman Emperor, after Claudius, One, we all know I, Claudius, kinky guy. Claudius II figured out that singled men were better fighters than married men. Why? Because they didn't have a family they wanted to live for necessarily, so they were more all out, more gung-ho. There was something about having a family that made you less intense of a fighter in terms of what the roman empire did which was conquest actually in real life if you're defending your own land if you're being attacked it turns out married men are like willing to die for their families in a way that single men are not so but if you're into conquest mode like claudius was he wanted single men so he made a law that no one could get married right makes perfect sense, right? Keep those men from getting married, send them to the front, go conquer some countries. You know, expand the empire, that was his thing. Well, the first Valentine went and kept marrying people despite the law. And of course Claudius killed him for it and he is a Catholic saint as a result. There's a second saint, uh, it was actually the Bishop of Tern, who was also named Valentine, who is actually the namesake of this, and his stories are a little less juicy. Um, there's rumors that he wrote love letters while imprisoned. And then the third Valentine uh, helped Christians to escape persecution in the Roman Empire, uh, just, you know, after Christianity kind of got started. And so he was made a saint. And so these are the three Valentines, but the actual holiday has its roots in something called Lupercalia. Luper, Lupe being the wolf, right? And Rome was, the story of Rome is that Romulus and Remus were suckled by wolves, and that's why they're so fierce. So it's a celebration of the fertility of wolves, because Romulus and Remus, who founded Rome, ended up being some fierce dudes, right? And it's a fertility celebration. And it's all about It occurs in February, so it's kind of like, we're going to make sure everything's good for this, everything's fertile for the spring we like we want to have good crops, we want to have lots of babies, and all that good stuff and and the the celebration there the ritual there was that women would put their names in a bucket, and men would pull their names out and they would hang out for a year and very often those unions would and in marriage. And so you can see how all of this is kind of given flavor to how we celebrate Valentine's Day today. You know, we see it as romantic, like the, the Bishop of Verne, uh, Tern, excuse me, who wrote love letters from jail. We see it as um, empowering, you know, helping helping people to escape injustice well, not so much about our, our Valentine's Day, but it has that element to it. Uh, we see it as a celebration of union, uh, you, you know, sort of the antithesis of Claudius II saying, you will not get married. And it comes out of this tradition of fertility, this tradition of preparing for the spring. So I'm gonna advocate that this Valentine's Day we prepare for fertility, prepare to give birth, not necessarily to children. You probably have enough of those to last you for the pandemic, though some of you may wanna have children. And if you're in it for that, I'm saying go for it. I mean, I've had six kids myself and it's, children are awesome. You know, we've given birth, we've adopted, we've remarried, the whole thing, lots of ways to have kids. But if you're not into the kids thing, think of this as an opportunity to rebirth your marriage or rebirth your relationship or rebirth your lives together, your future together. And why would we need to do that? We've been going through two years of squish, right? The pandemic has squished, squashed, squashed so much of our dreams. How, how about that dream to travel? Like, are you thinking, are you even considering doing a world tour right now? How are you feeling about cruise ships? like you can travel right now, but if you're willing to be really careful about it, you can travel with your mask uh, and you land in uh, uh, preferably not a hotel, or if you land in a hotel, you, you hide out a lot. You don't, you always mask, you're careful about who you meet, you're careful about who you talk to. That is not travel as we knew it. So how much would you like to re-enliven your life And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for giving birth to mad release of risk management. I'm saying give birth to a new life in this third year of the pandemic so that you're starting to march into a period of fertility, march into a period of growth, march into a period of success, march into a, new, a newly energized relationship, a newly romanced relationship. And, you know, I, I was writing a piece, co-authoring a piece for an article about why do relationships lose steam? And what's happened in the pandemic is there's two, maybe three kind, flavors of relationship. There are high conflict relationships, and those high where both people are conflicted. And what's happening in a lot of time in those high conflict relationships is if they don't get help from someone to figure out how to resolve the conflict, they end up splitting up, right? If you're fighting all the time and it's toxic, 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 you don't want to stay together. If you get help and learn how to break off the toxic exchange, I've worked with a lot of couples on this, helping them end the fight, which is kind of the tagline here, so that they can have caring communication and work through difference in a constructive, creative way. They can deepen their empathy and deepen their sense of trust in the process. Then you can move forward to something that's got juice, that's fertile, that's going to give birth to something new. Or if you're not in that genre, if you're not both people in high conflict, maybe one or both of you is conflict avoidant. And so what that does is when we avoid conflict, that shuts down all communication that has opportunity in it. Why? Because difference is the source of opportunity. Conflict, if you said, think about conflict as being negative and positive. Right. If conflict is positive, there's opportunity. If it's negative, you reduce opportunity. And positive conflict occurs when people listen to each other and understand the other person's underlying feelings instead of focusing on the position and having conflict and becoming. what's the word? Uh, Stuck or committed to uh, a certain position without any change or shift, then we're back to that destructive thing. So if one person, if you're avoiding conflict, all right, you're avoiding the destructive thing, but you're also avoiding the good thing, right? And where there is no conflict, there is no growth. And so the advice to couples that were having no conflict because one or both were conflict avoidant had to do with reestablishing communication with doing activities that both people enjoyed uh, so that they could focus on things outside together, reestablishing communication about interests, reestablishing communication about hobbies, reestablishing communication about talents and skills and dreams in life and things things that were unlikely to create conflict. driving together, running together, cleaning the house together without getting into any arguments about what clean means or what the best way to clean is, Uh, exercising together, painting together, whatever, any kind of activity together is going to help you feel safer about communicating because you're focused on something else. Another piece of advice was to have a safe word. Uh, like avocado or clementine or cranberry that you both agree on that when that word is said, you're gonna take a 20 minute break so that you're not engaging in destructive conflict or an hour break, break, but it's a break so that you can return to the thing you disagreed about with a calmer mind. And the last piece of advice was to really work at listening to one another. Uh, when the one person is explaining a reason for their point of view, what their value is, what it represents them, the other person's job is to listen and reflect it back and make sure that they get it. And then they alternate. So those were five pieces of advice for people who were conflict avoidant. And so the first step is if you want to give birth to something new, you need to make sure that you're having disagreement, not like rabid disagreement, but constructive disagreement. The first area of disagreement is probably gonna have something to do with what's safe. And so I don't want you to jump into that. And you know, for some of you, even before, sorry, I made the camera shake, even before you get into a conversation about disagreement, for some of you, giving rebirth uh, becoming fertile ground for new ideas might start with doing some personal work like maybe you need to start uh, you know if you're uh, if your battery is not charged if you as an individual are not 100% in your life it is so much harder to show up for another person if your batteries is not charged and if you're not 100% feeling good about yourself it's really more challenging to take in a point of view that's not in complete alignment with yours and understand what parts of that point of view are in alignment and what parts aren't and how to resolve the parts that aren't. If you're not 100%, we're much more easily triggered. So for some of you, this leap into fertility for Valentine's Day might be, maybe you're both going to go, you're going to support one another in a personal care month. Week, year, you know, what what do you need to do for your body to have it be healthier? Like, how how do you charge that battery? How are your sleep habits? How are your eating habits? Are you exercising well? Uh, What are you doing for your appearance? You know, are are uh, do you need to? You're not taking care of your skin. You know, I recently found out my skin was incredibly dry, and as a guy, I was going to be really butch about it. Oh, men don't use cream, and. Yet I found out that when I started using cream, my skin felt so much better and I didn't feel itchy. And when I took off my clothes, I wasn't seeing dry, peely skin and my body felt so much better when I used moisturizing cream on it. I felt better. It's about that. It's about doing what you need to for your body so that you feel better about yourself, about your body, so that your body is a temple for you and for your connection to your higher power or everything else. It's the seat of your inner divinity, that spark that connects you to the rest of life. And because it's a temple, you wanna take maximum care of it, right? Yeah? And plus you get to feel good. So maybe it's about your body. Maybe it's about your emotional state. Maybe you've allowed yourself to become a zero to 60 person way more than you like to. I mean, we all get triggered, right? But the question is, are you becoming, after two years of pandemic, are you becoming more triggered more often than you want to? Are you feeling a little off the wall? Maybe you need to work on your EQ, your emotional intelligence, or maybe it's not about emotions. Maybe it's about resilience. Maybe we all, as part of our fertility, our explosion into 2022, we're going to work on our resilience. And resilience is grounded to a large extent in emotional intelligence and managing our feelings and managing our triggers and being in touch with. Our emotional self and allowing ourselves to both have the feelings and move forward in our lives at the same time. Allowing us to have the feelings instead of them having us. Like when a feeling has us, we are almost not in control. If you get really angry and you allow that angry to explode, you're almost uh, it's taking you, and you have no idea where it's going, and what's left in your wake is destructive. Whereas when you choose to have have your anger in a way that feels like you're in the driver's seat, you can experience the anger and express it in a way that's not destructive of others and still feel like you're in control of what's going on in your own mind. So when the feeling has us, we're out of control. When we are having the feeling we're in control, expressing it in a way that's healthy and can be received by another person and allows us to release it and move on. And when we do it the other way, when the emotion has us, that's when we build up resentments. That's when we build up frustrations. That's when it, we're just angry about so much. We're angry at the government. We're angry at the schools. We're angry at our partners. We're usually angry at our partners because they love us and we feel safer having our angry with them. And plus it's a place where maybe some change might actually happen. Well, expressing that in a way that's healthy and respectful of others is the challenge. That's the challenge of EQ. So how much work do you need to do in that area? How about your intellect? Maybe you've been neglecting your intellect. Do you know that you can actually improve your IQ through mental exercises, studies show that you can up your IQ as much as 30 points by challenging your mind, challenging your brain. There are studies that show that people who do crossword puzzles, that they're less likely to slip into dementia, for example, challenging your brain, exercising your brain super important. How about your spiritual condition? Maybe this Valentine's Day, the two of you are gonna enter into a spiritual challenge together. Maybe you're both very connected to a sense of a higher power or the universe or what the greater good. And it's, you realize that you need to spend more time on your knees in prayer or meditation or mindfulness. And by the way, prayer, meditation, and mindfulness are proven tools for managing our rage. We're far less likely to go from zero to 60 if we have a regular practice of prayer, meditation, or mindfulness in our lives. So these things are interrelated. Maybe, maybe you and your partner have been a little out of alignment in terms of your values. You know, sometimes when partners are out of alignment in their values, it looks like they have different values, but they don't. They just prioritize them differently. And a lot of conflict come out of that. Maybe you're going to commit to doing a deep exploration of your values and finding out where they are, what the priorities are, and starting to understand what that's about. And also when we live our lives, applying our values to our choices, we move in a direction of our own choosing. We march to a different drummer. Instead of reacting to what the world throws in front of us, we know right away which way we're going to go. When something's out of alignment with our values, we don't do it. When we're clear on our values, we know the right road. We know what the best path is. So maybe you want to do some work on that. Or last of all, on the individual level, how about your sense of mission, right? Do you have an idea of mission? What is mission? What is your purpose? Like, how how are you going to take all of who you are? and apply it to this world. And this is something that's great for Valentine's Day, for our fertility going forward, exploding in a 2022 kind of experience. Because couples get together because they see each other's potential. They Being in love is all about experiencing yourself as so much more in that other person's presence because they see you, your full potential, all of who you can be, and they love you for it. And you see them the same way and love them for it. So maybe doing some work on that, talking about that this Valentine's Day, hey, who did you see me as when we first started dating? Let's get back to that place. Because, you know, just because being in love, by the way, being in love is a short-term thing. It's like two to three year experience, three years on average, just because you're not experiencing in love the way you did, doesn't mean you can't go back to that place, the way that vision that you had for each other, that is your guiding light in your relationship. So maybe this Valentine's Day for you is about rebirth of seeing your own potential and experiencing your own potential in the eyes of your partner. And then there's the other six areas of life that probably aren't so much about Valentine's say, well, there's partnership, your loving relationship. But we've talked about these six areas and how you can build that loving relationship through these six areas together. But maybe there's things you wanna do for that partnership. You know, partnership is built on mutual trust. It's built on differing strengths coming together for a shared purpose. Maybe you wanna have a conversation about your strengths and your shared purpose and where you're going together. Maybe you want to work on that partnership by working on intimacy in Valentine's Day. The traditional place of Valentine's Day is intimacy. Intimacy is about caring, communication, trust, and empathy. So maybe you want to work on that. Maybe you just want to have a romantic dinner together and talk about some of these things. Or maybe maybe you want to talk about your family. That's a little less romantic. Maybe you want to talk about having a family. What would that family look like? Maybe you want to talk about your extended family this Valentine's Day. Maybe you want to talk about your community. How can you be more active in the community? My wife right now is on a big we need to have more friends experience. And so we are having actively going out and spending time with other couples, actively exploring our shared communities together. Maybe you want to look at your financial situation, which is often contentious. So if you can do that this Valentine's Day without going to negative conflict. That's awesome. Maybe you can talk about what you'd like your financial situation to be without getting into why it isn't there. That's the trick. Stay in the future. Maybe you want to help each other with your careers or whatever your chosen futures. If your career is you're making everything work in the house, maybe you want to help with that. Hey, how can I do this better? Or what what, what am I missing? Or maybe you want help. If you're working in an institution or as an entrepreneur, maybe you want to help with that. Or maybe you want to talk about lifestyle. And actually, a lot of Valentine's Day, there's a lot of lifestyle-oriented gifts. Sometimes we buy each other clothes or jewelry for Valentine's Day. Regardless, there's 12 areas of life you can play in here. And dancing in all of them with the thought of fertility expansion and growth in 2022 that's a way to really take valentine's day and leverage it take valentine's day and use it in the traditional lupercalia way which was about fertility yeah and you know what they did that hats in the names in the hats thing it was also about dating and also about physical intimacy and also about marriage but you can make it about so much more is what i'm telling you you know throw out your hallmark card maybe you want to keep the roses and i'm a big fan of chocolate myself if it's really good chocolate (laughs) maybe you want to keep the roses in the chocolate but give it deeper meaning and i want you to know that if you're not sure how to take these things that you're talking about and use them as leapfrogs into your future because you're not sure about 2022 we are delivering content for the next four weeks all about how you can take your life and make it even more amazing in 2022. How you can focus on what you can control and grow what you can control so that you are winning, so that you are moving forward, regardless of how many variants come around, regardless of how many restrictions there are or are not, regardless of wearing your, whether you're wearing a mask Regardless of how many vaccines you get or how many boosters you get or don't get, you can move your life forward incrementally, consistently, so that 2022 is an amazing year by focusing on what you can control. And you're going to be seeing more content on that down the line, so look out for it. And in the meantime, what I would love from you is I'd like to hear, first of all, how does this hit you, right? Yeah, I'm a little enthused and jazzed about it because honestly, I've been cooped up like the rest of you. And so I'm seeing this huge opportunity in 2022 and I wanna leap through it. So I'm a little jazzed up, but I'd like to hear where are the problems that you're having and which one, what are the top three that you'd like to address this Valentine's day or, and think of Valentine's day as being February, right? February is where we're getting ready for waiting for the soil to defrost so that we can till the soil and plant seeds. And technically, we don't plant seeds in the Northeast, which is where I am, until uh, mid-April, end of April, because there's a possibility of frost. So you've got some time on this. Think of Valentine's Day as a jumping-off point. A jumping-off point for your relationship, a jumping-off point for Your partnership, a jumping off point for your family, your immediate family, a jumping off point for your extended family, for your community, for your finance, for your career, for your lifestyle, a jumping off point for you as an individual, where you can declare how you're going to charge that battery, how you're going to make your body a temple or honor it as a temple, it already is a temple, how you're going to develop your emotions, your intellect, your spirit, your values, your missions, think of it as an opportunity. To get really clear and decisive and support one another with it and let me know where are the areas where you want the support because i will speak to your need let me know what you want to hear about and i will give it to you right that's my jumping off point my commitment to all of you is to share with you all the knowledge and experience i have helping couples helping individuals helping families so that you thrive so that you have a family success spring in 2022 and watch out for the family success spring event coming up uh as usual you can direct message you can private message me you can email me at rich r-i-c-h at richinrelationship.com in relationship.com r-i-c-h-i-n-r-e-l-a-t-i-o-n-s-h-i-p.com reach out to me let me know what's going on so that we can all take this opportunity this fertility opportunity to prepare the ground, prepare ourselves as we prepare the ground for an amazing 2022. Thank you so much.